scary place. Dark shadows creeping in the moonlight. Unfamiliar sounds surrounding you. Stalking you. Is it a ghost? A werewolf? Or something more? Human. What would you do if you found yourself lost? In the strange woods? Join us as we discuss the paranormal, true crime, and anything in between with your hosts, Jeremy, Drill a speed hole, Jonathan, and Peter. They were tired of kids getting warts on their tongues. Welcome to the Strange Woods Podcast. No, I, uh, I bought a new gas can today for my lawnmower. Um, and I'd always read that the government ruined gas cans, and they did, apparently. Is that why they're so annoying now? They're so stupid now, and I, and I get why they did it, because the old gas cans just leaked out a lot of, you know, uh word I'm thinking here? Boom, shit. Fumes. Fumes is the word. Yeah, they leak a lot of fumes and stuff. They weren't really great for the environment. Whatever. So there's these new ones that are pretty much a sealed unit that you get a press a spring-loaded button to access your gas now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I spill more now with those things. Yeah, and that's what I've read, is that pretty much there's no, not as much airflow from the back end, so it just kind of like bubbles out the front. And Yeah, you're tired of uh, holding the thing before you actually get any gas and whatever you're putting it in. Yeah, so anyway, I had high hopes when I bought it, because like, hey, maybe everyone's wrong. And so I went to put actual gas in it. And for some reason, there's this like plastic mesh filter on the inside of the hole. I don't know why it's there. I don't know what it's filtering, but it just immediately sprayed out the top of the thing. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's the worst. <laughs> and it is so my gas can's covered in gas. My shoes are covered in gas. I'm like, well, I bought the new one because my old one leaked fumes that I didn't want to smell gas in my car when I got gas. Well, it just negated that. <laughs> on the flip side could could gasoline not be a, an air freshener i mean i kind of like the smell of gas I'm i like lie. the smell of gas when i had a diesel truck and a diesel car um you know i love it, it reminded me of my dad i yeah. love the smell of diesel yeah diesel smells good too y'all need help that's <laughs> a lot but, of people like the smell of gas well for me it, it probably started like we used to go fishing a lot when i was a kid and I would always be around like my dad filling up the, the boat with gas, you know? So that's probably where it comes from. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me started though on those new gas cans. Those are the worst invention. I thought I just bought some stupid ones. I didn't know they were all like that now. They're all like that now. Mine's got like this safety trigger that you have to pull back and then depress the handle. And then you if you need like you, four arms to operate it. They're, they're over-engineered. Yeah, because, I mean, so safety trigger and handle, but that's only after you have twisted the nozzle to the pour position. So, I mean, it's ridiculous. Hopefully, you remembered to, like, do all this before you tried to, to pour, because if not, they are so airtight that when you do it, it shoots out of there like it's a freaking fire hose. Yeah, I think you're supposed to, like, leave it upright, then kind of release it to let any air kind of regulate the pressure and then start your pouring process. Yeah. I somehow solved mine. I think it like broke. So it just pours out anyway. Yeah. Just dr drill a speed hole in the top of your gas can and it'll have you know, air flow. You know, what's worse though. You know, it's worse than this little valve or whatever they invented for this. I don't know if this is all of cans, but mine only has one handle. Do you know what I'm talking about? Instead of the two, so you can actually two hand it. Uh, yeah. well, you don't, you, well, how you only you... have one, which while pouring is on the front of it. So there's no actual like leverage. You can hold the stupid mm -hmm. thing. So you have to hold it from the bottom of it, which is while you're trying mm -hmm. to mess with this, uh, this valve, it's impossible. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like yeah. you're better off just unscrewing it and pouring it out into a funnel. Yeah. No, I... apparently, apparently there's a lot of people that have problems with this. Cause I just, um, looked on Amazon and you can buy a universal gas can spigot replacement for $8. <laughs> you know, it's not actually that. not a bad idea. And, but, and I was thinking like fumes weren't an issue on the old, older gas cans because they had, you know, the spigot that came out, but you could tuck it back in and actually screw a cap on to where yeah, nothing was leaking out. It was a what, sealed unit. 
that's what this thing is that Jonathan's talking about, I think. At least yeah, the one uh, I, I just pulled up. Like, Yeah, it looks like one of the process. little things that when you, you pull it apart, it goes... Yep. Yeah, yeah, that thing. <laughs> like a bendy straw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like accordion-style... Oh. Uh, yeah, what? hold on. So... Those sons of bitches, that dude was a genius because he was like... Mr. Bindi? No, 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 no. <laughs> so these things, what the, the things that the kids are calling... Uh, oh, hell, I can't think of what you call them. The fidget toy? No, not the fidget toy. So the thing that every auto mechanic had on the bottom of every one of their funnels that they ripped off, the thing that you know pulled apart and went... And then you <laughs> could move it however you wanted it. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? The hose? Yes. Yes. Yeah. My kids now make me buy them those individually because apparently there's some sort of fidget toy. And I just said fidget. I said the word fidget toy. <laughs> yeah, but when you said it a minute ago, I thought the damn spinny thing. Yeah, same. Pop tubes. No, my kids keep calling them pop tubes. Well, yeah, but it's still a type of fidget toy. They have the uh, silicone bubble wrap now. Yeah, those are actually kind of cool. No, they're not nearly as like fun as actual bubble wrap. Yeah, they're more eco-friendly. Yeah. yeah. Think about the environment, Peter. I, pre- I prefer the real thing. Like, <laughs> Thank you. This is the worst ASMR video. <laughs> it's, it's just Peter crumpling shit in front of a microphone. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Speaking of ruining things, Disney has been ruining fairy tales for years. Welcome to episode 15 of Strange Woods Podcast. Uh, did we Wait. have a guest video today? Well, not a video. I know. I've been saying video a lot. We're not, we're audio format only, people. Yeah, for now. You don't want to see me. Maybe, Maybe we can do. make a cartoon avatars. You pr- yeah, you, pr- you should. Like the gorillas? Yeah. Yeah. One of us can be Bigfoot. <laughs> one of us can be a ghost. Yeah. Um, who's All the right, hairiest? So- I don't know. I'm pretty hairy. Weren't we going to introduce ourselves because we don't do that anymore? Or are we going to skip over that? Hi, I'm Jeremy. Uh, most of the time, I'm Jonathan. <laughs> and usually I'm Peter. <laughs> but. Oh, but here's the thing about that, though, is I have two brothers, one older, one younger, both with J names. So I have Josh and James. So I respond to any J name. So if you see yeah. me in the street, just say J with incoherent sounds after, I'll respond to it. <laughs> I never really even thought of that. We, oh yeah, but anyway, really, dude. Yeah, my, dad, his my dad too. My dad's name starts with a J. My grandfather's name starts with a J. <laughs> I never even picked up on that. Uh, it's like, J's I all gave, the way down. Well, family has a weird obsession with J's. I gave Hannah shit because the Macy and Mason both start with M's, and then I was like, "We're not doing that for the twins." <laughs> what do you mean? So, they both start with May. <laughs> well, yeah, but now for the twins, we got. Um, Bill and Lil. <laughs> that would be funny. We got Emerson and Everett. So, I mean, it's now it's just E's instead of M's. There you go. Well, speaking of Jeremy, we uh, we have another story from our friend Jeremy Arp, super fan. And uh, I'm a fan of you, Jeremy. Hello, this is Jeremy Arp again. So my next story revolves around what my career was prior to becoming a nurse. My first degree is in psychology and I worked psych for 22 years. One of the things that I noticed with that population is that some of them have a huge preoccupation with religion. Whether it's religious persecution, being possessed, being God or Jesus or one of the prophets, or being haunted by spirits. I have witnessed some strange things during my time working in this field. Sometimes I think it is the power of suggestion or their own delusion being so strong that they truly believe that they are possessed or that they are a true prophet or Jesus himself. But I will say this, their belief is so strong that very little will shake it. So my first tale revolves around a very religious and very devout Baptist patient. She prayed, sang gospel music, and could quote the Bible like nobody's business. She had been on our unit several times, so I was familiar with her. She was normally a very calm individual, very sweet, and at times even a little withdrawn. That being said, what happened one particular morning was very out of character for her. One of the other techs was helping her get ready for the day. I was finishing up some paperwork in the nurse's station. It was pretty quiet on the unit at the time. The next thing I knew, I heard raised voices in the hall. 
the patient started screaming, My feet! Oh, my feet are burning! I need my pastor! Where is he? You gotta get him here right now! My feet are in hell and I am burning! And then I hear my tech, who was desperately trying to keep her cool, going, Please come down! What can I do to help you? I walked out in the hall and this is what I see. The tech is standing next to the patient. She is in a wheelchair. The tech has a concerned and quickly turning panicked look on her face. The patient is arching up in the wheelchair almost like she is having a seizure and her hands and feet are shaking. The tech is now approaching full-blown panic mode. She looked at me and said, Jeremy, what do do we do? I I don't know what to do. I told her, it's okay, calm down, watch and listen. And this is how my conversation went with the patient. Me, okay, okay. Take a deep breath and look at me. I need you to tell me how I can help you. The patient. Oh, join me. Join me. My feet are on fire. They're in hell and I'm burning. Me. Yes, ma'am. I understand that. But I need to know what I can do to help you. Patient. Call my pastor. Tell him to come here. He needs to pray over me and get me out of hell. Me. Okay, I understand that. But it's 630 on a Sunday morning. Your pastor is probably getting ready for service, but here's what I can do. Now, I will stop and tell you that at this point, I'm kneeling in front of her. I held both of her hands in mine, and I looked her in her eyes, and I said, I can pray with you if you would like. I'm not a pastor, a priest, or a deacon, but I have faith to share. Patient. Oh, join me. You can really do that? Me. Yes, ma'am, I can, and I will. And I will do something even better for you. I want you to hold on to this while I pray with you. I took my chain out from under my scrub top, and I put it in her hands. This chain has my tech cross and my saint medals on it. It should be noted that it is still around my neck. I folded her hands over the cross and medals and put my hands over hers. And I said, I want you to look at me, please. Do you trust me? patient oh yes join me i do and i said okay then we're gonna pray and i started with the regular prayers the our father hail mary and glory be she only stopped shaking a little bit and she was still talking loudly about her feet burning and being in hell so i put my prayer into higher gear i started having a conversational prayer with god about helping his daughter here on earth how she is so worthy of his love and she just wants peace in her heart and mind. Now friends, words have power. They truly, truly have power. The more I prayed over her and held her hands around that chain, the more she calmed down. She turned her head up to the ceiling and raised one hand. I noticed that her hand was very steady and she looked so calm. The shaking had stopped. She wasn't kicking her feet anymore. She looked at me and she said, join me. You delivered me from hell. God heard you and gave me the power to help me get out of hell. You saved me. She kissed my hands and my cross at that point. Now the other tech is looking at me like I had sprouted another head. I looked at her and said, what? She finally stopped gulping like a guppy and said, Jeremy, that was incredible. How did you know to do that? And why on earth did you let her hold on to your chain while it was still around your neck? And how did, it, how did that work like it did? You even told her that you're not a man of the church and she still relaxed. I said to answer all of your questions in order of appearance. First question, I know my patience. I know that she is incredibly religious and we've prayed together before. Second question, I let her hold onto the chain while I was wearing it for two basic reasons. I know her and I trust her. And the second is that it was a gesture of good faith on my part to let her know that I knew she would not hurt me. And to answer your third question, it worked because I took her claim seriously and prayed with her seriously. I didn't make light of her fear and anxiety. Praying doesn't cost me anything, but look at the result. It takes time to have the confidence to pull it off though. She was kicking me in the shins the entire time I was praying with her, but I blocked that out and prayed until she calmed down. The other tech looked at me, she said, but how did you know what to say? She said, I even started relaxing listening to you. I laughed a little and said, it's all in the delivery. If you're confident enough, you don't have to have all the right words. You just have to say them with belief in your voice. Strong and bold without wavering, that takes time. 
my patient was so relieved though that's the power of their beliefs i'm just glad it worked that time yeah his uh, his coworker posted some valid questions there uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh no i think he honestly did everything right in that situation i mean he knows his patient and he calmed her down in the the best way honestly yeah but uh no i i, I agree that i don't know that i would have had something around my neck in the hands of somebody who was going through a crisis like that. Yeah, that's that's a lot of trust to give to somebody. So good I on, can agree with the trust, yeah. So good on him, but I don't know if I could have did it. At least not in that way. No. I mean, yeah, it definitely took some trust on his end. I, I'm I understand that he know he felt like he he knows her and you know they've prayed together before and everything like that. And I don't discredit that. Yeah, that definitely took some some trust. Uh, I mean, I'd like to hear y'all thoughts on this. I mean, y'all probably already know from my side, uh, I pretty much feel like there is power in the word and, you know, praying before, you know, we always try to pray first, pray before this, just different things we do. And uh, I'm going to stand behind that. There is power in the name and power in the word. And so as far as him saying that you don't exactly know, have to know what to say, just say it with conviction and unwavering and things like that. I, I agree with that, but I also believe that if you're praying for somebody, especially, I, I feel like the Holy Spirit is going to put it in your heart and basically guide you in what to say. I mean, you're not alone in your prayer. Yeah, it, it would give you some guidance. Yeah, but yeah, I'd like to hear what y'all have to think about it, but I, I definitely agree and and think the same things along his train of thought and especially with, with mental illness and the, the, the patients that he would see, I feel, I understand what he's saying about how he sees a lot of spiritual things in there. I guess my, my takeaway on that or my note for that would be at what point do we know where mental illness is a soul brain issue and not a thinning of the veil between a weaker individual where something could be messing with them. Yeah. Like a, a darker entity entity or, you know. Well, I definitely feel like whether or not these things exist the way we might think they do, I think there is power in the word, even just at the very basic level of somebody believes it hard enough. And if you give them support with your word, that will help them. Oh, yeah. I mean, humans by nature are... Uh they're set up to listen to other people and learn from other people. Um, so mix that with, you know, faith and everything else. And that's could be a very powerful tool for the mind. And actually what I like about this story, not only like does it show Jeremy's trust in his patient on the flip side of that, it shows his patient's trust in him as well, because if she did not trust him in that situation, she couldn't have been helped by him. Right. So I think that's actually kind of a beautiful connection they had there. Yeah. I agree. I think his, his ability to connect with people on that, that level makes him even that much better at what he does. Yeah. It definitely seems like it, it takes a special person to do that kind of thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially being in the in the South, in Louisiana, things like that. I mean, it's already a, a very spiritual community, but like a lot of people down there are Catholic and everything else. So it's a very strong, you know, religious belief down there. Yeah. So I commend him on his abilities. Yeah, it sounds like he's a a demon fighter. He 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 definitely has more experience fighting demons than me. I think I fought one with my sleep paralysis <laughs> at one time, but I mean. He's knocked two out so far, so he's beaten me. Yeah. Well, I can't say I've fought a demon, I don't think, but I hope I don't have to. Maybe you did, but you just don't remember it. You know, maybe you just did a really awesome job. Yeah, maybe, so, or maybe I'm the demon. <laughs> maybe you're the demon that's been haunting me for literal decades now. <laughs> no, but honestly, I like how unseemingly, you know, his story actually does relate to this episode as we'll get into it. And we just going to say that it's just all about the power of the word. And like I said, how people love to listen to stories. And when I was in my college speech class, that was one big thing that my teacher harped on was that, you know, human existence got as far as it has because simply we love to hear stories and we learn from other people's experiences. You know, that's how we've learned through time that, oh, can't eat that berry. You know, don't mess with that animal. Right. And so much so else. that we enjoy stories so much that we started writing them down. Yeah. And I think that's what really sets us apart from other animals. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, no other animal, obviously, <laughs> does such a thing. I say that. Okay, we're already off topic here. Orcas are very smart, and orcas learn, and they pass hunting techniques down from generation to generation. So if anyone could tell a story, I think it'd be an orca. That is true. Orcas, orcas are smart. Octop- I actually, we were talking about calamari the other day. Octopuses, I didn't know this. Um, have the basic brain capacity of a five-year-old, from what I understand. Yeah, they're smart. Yeah, they're really smart. And there's a lot of thought that they could be aliens. Oh, that is true. I've heard that theory too. But Honestly, that's dude, for another episode. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was I was thinking the other day while driving, and driving is when I get my nice, best, deep, just stupid thoughts in. I'm now convinced that humans are not of this planet. I don't think we make sense being here. I, I think we were came on some seed from another planet somewhere yeah I, I wouldn't be super surprised if that came to be there's actually a lot of theories that back what you're saying so i'm surprised that you're not a tiktok user <laughs> and not into some <laughs> deeper into some of these podcasts because what you just said is everywhere once you dive off in the deep hole i mean it's little things like animals have such a connection to this planet that we just don't have like just think about birds that navigate the you know the earth just based off of picking up the electromagnetic field and knowing which way north is because they can just sense it. Or uh, I was listening to a guy recently talk about dogs, how when dogs get scared during a thunderstorm, it's not the sound of the thunder. They feel the static electricity in the air and that's what puts them on edge. Really? Like, yeah. And we don't feel that. No. Like we don't feel any of the natural things around us. So maybe it's because we're simply as a species not tuned in to the frequency of this planet. Yeah. Oh, I can definitely agree with that. I mean, we're not even built for this planet. The the planet is covered mostly in water. We have to be on land. Um when we're outside in the sun, we burn mm-hmm. is so I mean And we're the only no, dumbasses that walk upright. <laughs> well, there you go, there's that too. I mean there's just there's a good bit of things that I, I mean I see where People are going down these rabbit holes on this. There's more things I can't think of. Oh, I'm sure that I've heard before. But if you take the written word of like the Bible and stuff about creation, I mean, if you if you interpret that in a certain way, could that not be exactly what we're talking about? You know, like God in this instance would be just some greater being from somewhere that brought us here and created us or like way far back elders of our original alien species. You know what I mean? Right. Like what? Oh, y'all, y'all need to dive off into the hole with me. I really don't. There, there's so many, there's so many theories out there and things that I've listened to that talk about could God have been an alien? Well, I think that, that that's a good topic for a future episode. Yeah. We're talking this, about fairy tales. <laughs> yeah. This, this, this does, this is still kind of on topic though, because, you know, all these things like, like the Bible, it started out as oral stories, which is where fairy tales come from, you know, and then eventually got written down. Oh yeah. No. And we talked about this in history class as well. Um, and the teacher used it as kind of a way to both support and also argue against religion in the way that we know it. And that, you know, going back in history all across the planet, people share very similar stories. Yeah. Always talk about the great flood and things like that. Yeah, so all these major iconic events are all in everybody's oral history. So it either says that one... Before they had the internet. Yeah, before the internet. So like, how did these people know about it? Well, either, you know, there's something to this whole religion thing or oral traditions and oral stories just simply get passed along. So they hear something from one guy and pass it on. So then everybody kind of has similar stories that they've heard, you know? Right. And it goes back to, we want to hear stories. We love it. Yeah, and, and that tells you how much better they were at listening to each other. Because nowadays, kids can't pass a sentence around a classroom oh, without screwing up by the time it gets to the end. <laughs> but you know, it, it's not only an entertainment value, but back then, that was the only form of education they had. So you you could tent, you could use these stories as a form of education by like creating to be a, like a morals lesson. You know, oh, like yeah, you could fine. you could teach a story. I mean, you could use a story to teach a lesson. Which is why the old fairy tales are better because they are much more brutal at teaching lessons yeah. than uh, Disney. 
So I'm sure you've all heard of these stories, um, but you may not know of some of the names of the the people that wrote them. So some of the mo- most famous ones are, I know I'm going to butcher this name, Charles Perrault. Maybe it's, he's French, so maybe it's Perrault. I, I don't know. I'm going to cut that out because that sounds terrible. Jonathan, pronounce that name. Uh, Charles Purell. Pure <laughs> yeah, that's the one we're keeping. Purell Hansen. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's he's from the uh, 17th to 18th century, and people call him the father of fairy tales. He wrote stuff such as uh, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, and Beauty and the Beast. Um, there's also Aesop. 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 Is that is that the final pronunciation yeah. you came he's across? Greek. Yeah, he's he's from ancient Greece, 6th century BC. He's the one that has, you've probably heard the term fables, which is generally um, stories that are like, have personified animals in them. Wait, really? Is that the difference? <laughs> I think so. Or I know he tended to use the animals, but fables, tend, fables are those stories that actually had like lessons in them. Holy shit, I had no you idea. You know, like the rabbit and the, um, the tortoise and the hare. I just thought fable was a story. I didn't realize it ha- it was necessarily based on animals. You learn something every day, folks. <laughs> That's what we're here for. But yeah. yeah, apparently there's, according to the notes, I'm not sure if this is 725 fables Aesop rope or if it's 725 total, but it sounds like it's how many he wrote himself. Mm. Interesting. That's a lot of stories. Yeah, our... Uh, our writing team, they're getting pay cuts for not clearing that up for me. <laughs> well, fables might not be very long stories either. The um, I, don't, I was going to look up the definitions. So just to clear it up, uh, fairy t- the definition of a fairy tale is meant for being a child's story around magical and imaginary, magical and imaginary beings and lands where a fable is a short story typically with animals as characters conveying a moral. So yeah, but don't the so, animals act like people in fables? I thought yeah, I they're that. personified. Personified. Personification. I remember that word from uh, elementary school or yes. middle school or high school. Probably all of them. Probably all of them. We had good English teachers. At least one of them. We yeah, actually a high school. Our high school English teacher was pretty. Uh, she was good, man. Mm-hmm. Shout out oh. to Miss Ambrose. Even though She's, she'll probably never listen to this. She's the bomb diggity. Oh, see, if you wrote 700 fables, that's not that far-fetched because um, the length of a typical fable is normally only one to two sentences. Oh, well. Maybe like really long, so it's like Twitter, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, if you think about it, that was, you know, mostly oral storytelling, I'm sure. So, um, I mean, you're not trying to memorize a novel. Oh, so I guess like... Oh, wait. Now this says that it's anything less than 250 words. So it could be like a really bad run-on sentence. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so if you, if you read anything that Jonathan wrote in high school, that's a famous uh, yes. run-on sentences all day. Which now I'm realizing that, yeah, tortoise in the hare, that is just classic term for fable, you know? Oh, it's yeah. A, I never knew what the word fable meant. I just thought it was a short story. No. I thought it was a video game. It's a great video game series. That was a good game. Yeah, they're making another one at some point. Oh, awesome. All they've given is a teaser trailer that shows the name. That's it. Sweet. Two years ago. And then another uh, writer of these uh, stories is Hans Christian Anderson. Hans Christian Anderson. He's apparently from Danish. Denmark. He is Danish from the 19th <laughs> century. So it's not too, not too old. He might still be around. <laughs> the time traveler? Maybe not. I'm pretty sure 19th century is the 1800s, right? Yeah, he could just be really old. <laughs> I mean, he's a lot more around than uh, Aesop. 156 stories. Hans comes in at some of our more recognizable uh, things like the Little Mermaid, Princess and the Pea, Ugly Duckling, Thumbelina. That's some of the titles that he's known for or... Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of his have turned into Disney movies. But then you also have the Brothers Grimm, who probably have the more probably the most uh household names. Like uh Snow White, 
Red Riding Hood, Hansel and Gretel, The Frog Prince, Rapunzel. Apparently wrote over 200 stories. I have the Brothers Grimm book collection. Well, you know, a book with all the stories in it. Yeah, same. Probably the never, same one I have. Never read it. Yeah. I actually read, um, I forget the German name or the original name, but for Cinderella. Mm. Oh, wait. Cinderella was Charles Perrault, not the Brothers Grimm, but the Brothers Grimm had a Cinderella story in it. Well, yeah, I think they did revisit a lot of the old stories as well as made their own. The beautiful thing about them is they sneak into our spooky side a little better. Yeah, they were before the copyright office existed. Yeah, they they added their own grim twist to it. So Yeah, which that's that's some stuff we can get into here. We're going to talk about the dark parts of your favorite fairy tales. So most people know the Disney 5 version of these stories, but back in the day, these guys didn't give a shit about traumatizing children. So here's some stuff that they cut out of the original stories to make the movies and stories we know today. So in Cinderella, for example, the stepsisters cut off pieces of their feet, one toes, uh, the other one, their heel to fit in the glass slipper so that they could try and pretend to be the person who lost the glass slipper. That's pretty morbid. I like this next line in our outline. They get found out because of the blood spilling out of the shoe. They did, <laughs> I feel like they would have seen the wounds prior to it going into the shoe. I could be wrong about that. Ah, it's just a flesh wound. And then at the end, it says doves blind them by pecking out their eyes. Yeah. Don't. So there, there's the moral of the story, I guess, is uh, don't cut your feet off don't be a liar. to try and steal your sister's man. So out of curiosity, do we know where the doves friends with Cinderella and they did it on Cinderella's behalf or is it just, they had like bad luck out in the woods? Well, if you remember the documentary Cinderella for, by Disney, um, the documentary, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the animals were like on Cinderella's side and singing. Yeah. And she had the fairy godmothers. I mean, so clearly the doves were on her side. Disney just did the parental, the, the, what is it? The parental advisory sticker. <laughs> they took all the bad words out of the song. Yeah, the you get the birds are really singing. We're going to fuck her up. <laughs> so a couple of weekends ago, uh, the family, apparently up in North Houston, there's a place called Houston. Oh God. What's it called? Um, interactive aquarium and animal preserve. And it's a really weird location to where it's surrounded by like commercial buildings and stuff. But it's this one little pocket to where they have a few buildings with like some reptiles and fish and stuff like that you can touch and interact with. But there's a bird area and like they have seeds. So you can fill your hand with seed and all these little tiny birds will fly up to your hand and just eat the seed out of your hand. So you just feel like a Disney princess. (laughs) Um, Long story short, a bird shit on my mom's head. <laughs> so we had to go find, hey, but that's supposed to be good luck. So we had, it was a very big turd too. And so we had to go find a bathroom and she spent 15 minutes washing this bird dookie out of her hair while like there was this mom and a little girl waiting outside of the bathroom. Like my daughter really has to pee. And my mom's sitting there scrubbing her hair with a paper towel. <laughs> I was embarrassed for her, but oh man, it was fun. So you either feel like a Disney princess or the lady from Home Alone 2. Hey, that lady was badass. <laughs> there was a guy over here. Was I in Atlanta? No, we were in Seattle not long ago. This guy walks out with a bag of bird seeds, starts scattering it across the sidewalk. After he finishes emptying his bag, he just walks away. Didn't even watch the birds. He's just like, here you go, guys. And then books Because he doesn't need the recognition from the birds. He knows he's doing good. <laughs> he doesn't need people to tell him that. Actually, I'm pretty sure when I retire, I'm going to be the old lady just throwing breadcrumbs out to the birds in a Walmart parking lot. Nice. <laughs> so so this next fairy tale, I don't know if it was a Brothers Grimm or not, but the Frog Prince, is that the same as the... That one is a uh, Disney, isn't the, the Princess and the Frog, right? Is it the same style? I mean... Yeah, because that's probably one of my more favorite ones. It has a frog in it, yes. He likes to dance. I think the Frog Prince, I think this is the one where... Uh, She's supposed to kiss him to break the spell. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a story that has a lot of iterations, I I believe, of things that happen when you kiss the frog. He turns into a prince. Uh, Disney kind of changed it up and she turned into a frog. Um, Well, but I think it's the same overall principle. Yeah. Yeah. Where the frog tricks the prince 
into making a deal, follows, says follows her home. Oh, princess. So Yeah, the frog tricks the princess uh, into making a deal with him. Making a deal. And follows then, uh, her home, gets closer and closer while she's asleep. So he's a little creeper toad. And then <laughs> she throws him against the wall, killing him. <laughs> in other versions, she cuts his head off. In another version, she has to sleep with him for one night. Sleep with him? And this... I. I don't know if that means that kind of sleep with him or just like he is asleep in the bed. Like the sleep like that, that he could just like do it and she wouldn't even know. Yeah, that's just still hang yeah. out there. That's still assault. Look. But it apparently breaks the spell and he transforms into a prince. Oh, yeah. Like killing it broke the spell. So he just transformed to a dead prince, correct? Uh, yeah, that's what it sounds like. I mean, that's murder. Do you think? This, so I like to see these stories. And I'm like, okay, hey, what were they trying to tell the kids? What moral here? And don't let guys into your room. Could be, um, but why a frog? Is it? What if kids at the time were licking toads to get high? So this was uh, kind of the government's way <laughs> to make them stop doing that. Yep, that's like, that's like, that's the conclusion there, I'm going to go with. There were tongue in frogs, and they needed to stop. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. They were tired of kids getting warts on their tongues. They're called taste buds, Peter. Isn't normal. that a real thing? <laughs> Wasn't that a real problem at some point where kids were licking frogs? To oh, get yeah, high? yeah. Because, I mean, various species of frogs have toxins and poisons on them that if you lick will will poison you to the point that you're high. Frogs, they get you high. Sure. The dangers of toad licking. Yep, there's a whole article about it if you <laughs> Google it. Hallucinogenic frogs. Okay, well... I'm going to go on record and say, don't look at this up. And if you do look it up, don't do it. Don't lick frogs, people. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll have to throw him against the wall. And then he turns into a dude. And now you've got to go to jail for murder. Yeah. You got a dead dude in your bathroom bedroom, you know? Yeah. That's going to be hard to, uh, I mean, nobody's going to believe your story. Yeah. He was a frog, I swear. Well, why were you looking at him? The old fairy tales are pretty gruesome. Yeah, badass. The Little Red Riding Hood. No huntsman to save her in the original version. So I'm trying to erase the huntsman from my mind and get to what this could be. So it says, apparently the wolf strips the, I guess, little red naked. No, she strips naked and gets in bed with the wolf. Oh, she strips naked. the wolf eats her. But I mean, when it says strips naked, does it mean just like... Because to go to bed, maybe she didn't want to go to sleep in her traveling clothes at her grandmother's house. That's what I'm thinking. Because why would you get in bed naked with your grandma? And, and maybe they just mean like she had her underwear on or something. You know, yeah. maybe that's what they considered naked at the time or, you know, um, inappropriately dressed. Right. Well, even, even if we skip over the nakedness, look at this. Na- this is full <laughs> like Dama right here. In other versions, the wolf feeds her pieces of her grandma and her blood in a wine glass. Either version turns this weirdly sexual. Yeah. Apparently it's based on a French idiom for a girl having lost her virginity. She has seen the wolf, but in some French language. Yeah. So there's the lesson. Um, hmm. Cause little red. Okay. And a wolf. Oh yeah. That did turn it weirdly sexual. Yeah. yeah. Um, see what I don't like, you know, is that like, when a, modern versions have a huntsman saver and that's bullshit. I think like if, if Hayao Miyazaki wrote this, she would be the strong woman that would just kill the wolf, you know? Yeah. I would, I would prefer to see a version of this where she's the badass. And I'm sure there is a version like that somewhere. If not but, someone in Hollywood should write it. Cause I'm tired of all these remakes. Yeah. And like, why do dudes got to save these women? Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. This turned weird though. Yeah, so, if I remember right, the original Rapunzel, she is locked in a tower by her, was it grandma? Um, I don't know, somebody that wants her locked away. Yeah, she's jealous and she loves her hair or something. I don't know. We don't know our fairy tales, clearly. <laughs> I do remember. Wait, no, hold on. Rapunzel, isn't Rapunzel the... Here, let, tell me if I butchered this. Is Rapunzel the one... That an evil witch gets because her dad made a deal, and then when she pricks her finger on a spinning wheel. No, no, uh, that's definitely that's not, a different one. No, that's that's different. <laughs> Oops. But I think this one teaches you don't grow your hair long, or a jealous witch will cut it off. 
Yeah, yeah. So in in the uh, the original, I don't know if it's the original story or just the like messed up version, but she gets pregnant with the prince's baby, and the witch gets jealous, chops her hair off. But she, so Rapunzel apparently ends up living as a beggar with a bastard child. Okay, so the witch magically transports her to another town far away. And when the prince goes into the uh, the tower, the witch pushes him out of the window onto some thorns, which poke out his eyes. Oh, I'm actually reading a synopsis of the story now. Apparently the witch was keeping her trapped in the tower. And whenever she got impregnated by the prince... She got jealous because she didn't want anyone else associating with Rapunzel. So she chopped her hair off to make her less attractive. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then she magically transported her somewhere far away with just some broke beggar uh, with no house. And then, you know, now she had to raise the prince's kid with this beggar with no money. So everyone was hungry and sad. And then, okay, and then she lured the prince up to the window, pushed him out, and uh, got rid of him too. Nice. So don't don't associate with witches. Yeah, as as uh, these next guys found out, Hansel and Gretel. So apparently, in the original Hansel and Gretel, the witch is the devil, according to our notes. Anyway, um, I might be misunderstanding that. And apparently, the plan was to bleed the children out on a sawhorse. Whoa, what? Did I miss that? They pretend not to know how to get on, and the devil's wife shows them how. And then the kids slit her throat, steal the devil's money, and run away. Cool. I mean, the kids didn't get eaten. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that sounds like a better ending than, than the one I know. Honestly, it's pretty clever kids. So essentially, they were like, we don't know how to get on this sawhorse, which I don't even know what that means. Uh, so, <laughs> so the devil's wife is like, look, this is how you get on a sawhorse, and then they kill her. Wait, sh- show us how to get on the sawhorse. What, what kind of you saw stupid horse ass is this? kids? Look like this. And climb on right here. <laughs> like we're, we're we're trying to gut you on the sawhorse, and you should get on. Oh, you don't know how. It's like, hey, kids, clean your room. I don't know how. Show me how to clean the room. Look like this, and just walk off and go watch TV. Shout out to my mom. She used to do that. She'd get tired of me not cleaning my room and would end up just cleaning my room for me. Yeah, well, my kid doesn't clean his room. He's waiting uh, for you to clean it for him. Yeah. No, well, actually, I say that. He'll help if I put music on. Then he'll kind of jam out and <laughs> kind of clean. Little Mermaid. Okay, yeah. So in the Disney version, she just basically, instead of selling her soul, she sells her voice for these nice legs. But in the... Let's see, the original one from Hans Christian Andersen, she does a similar thing, except that it's very painful for her to walk with her legs. So apparently he just gave her really, really janky legs to try to get the prince with. Probably got like super soft skin because it's like brand new. Oh, nice. And uh, when the prince marries someone else, instead of turning to a little shriveled up, uh, whatever it is, the little uh, shrimpy do. She just dies and turns into sea foam. <laughs> um, well, that that got dark quick. Yeah, honestly, I would rather die and turn into sea foam than turn into a little emaciated shrimp. Just saying. True, true. Um, let's see. Mm, Things yeah. she does to try to win the prince's heart. She dances for him, which sounds horrible on janky legs. Uh, <laughs> and he eventually decided to marry someone else. And, oh, Jesus Christ. I should have read this beforehand. Their mermaid sisters sell their hair to bring her a dagger and urge her to kill the prince and let his blood drip under her feet, which will become fins again. But I guess she decides not to and becomes seafoam and dies. Yeah. Yeah. Because Does she becomes seafoam because that's where seafoam comes from is dead mermaids. Dead mermaids. Yeah. Oh. No, that's, that's science. Interesting. That's why, well, that's why we never find any dead bodies of mermaids. Yeah. They just melt into foam. Yeah, I think that'd be a much more interesting movie than what Disney did. <laughs> yeah, where's that one? Yeah, where's the daddy issues of, you know, Neptune smashing all of her stuff? And what about her little underwater uh, tower full of like forks and shit? Yeah, yeah. No, I think they're called dinglehoppers. Yeah, that, that's right, dinglehoppers. <laughs> 
And what about uh, Flounder and Sebastian? Yeah, well, they had to write them into the movie because uh, they needed somebody to sing. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Hans Christian Andersen's version was a musical. No, I don't think it was. I'm trying to think of what the lesson could be in this one. I guess just to teach girls not to give up what they want in life to chase a man. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, don't trade off your own self for somebody else. Like, like the dance move, the stanky leg. <laughs> she was doing the janky leg. <laughs> so Snow White, somebody tell you the, uh, the story of Snow White. I don't really know. I feel like I should know, but I don't. So I'm not sure why, why, why she goes off into the woods, but Snow White and the seven dwarfs, I mean, she goes and she stumbles upon the little house for the dwarves and she tries everything out. And then the dwarves are, come back and find her and she becomes friends with them and they help her to do something. But I can't remember what the original story is. But from what these notes look like, it is nothing <laughs> like, like what the original version was intended to be. Okay. So in the Disney version of Snow White, the wicked stepmother is a witch. And she's jealous of Snow White's beauty and wants to kill her. So she runs away from the castle to hide in the woods, and that's how she meets the seven dwarves. They hide her. Later, the stepmother finds her and disguises herself as an old lady that gives her an apple. But the apple is poisoned, so she dies. Then the prince finds her and wakes her with a kiss. And they live happily ever after. As zombies. Well, apparently the the mom originally sends the huntsman to collect Snow White's lungs and liver to eat. That's normal. And there's no magic kiss to wake her up. But, but apparently she was already dead when the prince yeah. found her. Yeah, apparently she was dead. And a servant drops the coffin, which dislodges the poison apple from her throat. So I guess that brings her back to life. I guess so. I mean, good to know that a poison apple only kills you because you choke on it. Yeah, she... <laughs> Yeah, she never actually fully ingested it, so the the poisons never went into her stomach. Whoa, this should have been on a torture episode. At the wedding, the mom has put in iron shoes that have been in a fire, forcing her to dance until she drops dead. So she's in these burning shoes. That could have made our torture episode right there. And weirdly ties to our guest story for today. Oh, yeah. Huh. Interesting. He needed a Jeremy to help her. Join me. Join me. Yeah. And I get Snow White. I, I get Snow White mixed up with uh, Sleeping Beauty. All the time. Like Because well, I think they both slept or something. Yeah. Sleeping Beauty, I think, is the one that has the spinning wheel and the the thread of gold or whatever. Spinning the hate of gold. Oh, yep. Yep. Yeah. Because finger on a spinning wheel. So then there so in the Disney version she pricks her finger on the spinning wheel but originally it would have been silver stuck under her fingernail. So I'm guessing like a, a little sliver splinter of something. No, nope, a spinning gold poker. Okay, okay. So yeah, I was wrong. So the spinning she pokes her finger on a needle from the uh, spinning wheel. But it's Rumpelstiltskin that had the story about the uh, spinning the straw into gold. Yeah. We really should have read some nursery rhymes before we, uh, I mean, <laughs> fairy tales before we did this. Oh, I thought about having them pulled up and reading a little bit of it and then reading these. But So the next one we have on our list is uh, The Ugly Duckling. Which yeah, I think just the normal, and I'm just going to go off a memory here, of The Ugly Duckling is basically, wasn't he just treated like shit by all of his siblings and then eventually... You know, he just turned into a beautiful swan. Yeah, because the idea was that he wasn't as pretty as the other ducks, the little ducklings. But he somehow got mixed up with all these other baby ducks and turns into a swan. And then he ends up being beautiful. So it's kind of like all these people who peak in high school and make fun of like the weird people, but they peak in their 30s. Oh, yeah. So we're all the ugly ducklings. Yeah, we're swans. We're swans now, bitches. But apparently in the original story, the duck is verbally abused and subjected to violence by the whole barnyard. But then he finds a kind old lady, but her cat hates him. Um, The cat verbally abuses him because cats talk apparently and forces him out of the house. The duck has to struggle to survive alone in the winter and almost all his animal tormentors are slaughtered. Well, there you go. He came out on top. 
Uh, would that be considered a fable? I thought that. Yeah, <laughs> if, I, I would. I would think so. Yeah, because they're uh, yeah, pers- talking animals. Talking you animals. learned a lesson. Yeah, the lesson. And it was. Uh, it was short enough to be a, a tweet. Yeah, the lesson is be ugly enough that they don't eat you during winter. Yes, and then you come out on top. Speaking of coming out on top, our last one is uh, Pinocchio. Pinocchio. I, for the first time, recently watched the live action Disney one. It was not as good as the original cartoon. I always hated the original cartoon. Really? Like, to be honest, I don't remember much of it, but I did watch the Guillermo del Toro one, the del Toro version. Yeah. That was actually really good. Did you watch the 90s version with Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Oh, I forgot about that one. I don't think it was good. <laughs> I don't think I remember that at all. Yeah, I don't I don't remember if I saw that one. Yeah, I don't think I saw that. But, uh, yeah, I think uh yeah, you were you would have been a, a little young when that came out because you're a couple of years younger than us. Yeah, I remember hating how this one looked. Oh yeah, it looked terrible. But I think all the all the Disney versions all came along the same idea that you know, uh Pinocchio was just struggling to learn how to be a boy and had his little cricket on his shoulder helping him out. Well, in the original, he apparently very violent uh kid and kills Jiminy Cricket with a hammer. Well, I mean, to be fair, is he's made of wood, so his brain's made of wood. I, too, would be irate. He's probably not warm, so he's pretty cold. Got a cold heart, if he has a heart. Imagine I mean, how miserable you would be if you were just made of wood. And you couldn't lie. And every time you did, your nose would just grow. It's like, I hate everyone. And then your nose wouldn't grow. <laughs> <laughs> I love everyone. Your nose grows. <laughs> He's walking up to Jiminy with a hammer. I'm going to kill you. It's like, your nose is going to grow, right? Your your nose is going to grow, right? (laughs) Whack. But apparently his feet are burned off as punishment after he runs away. And after stealing some gold coins, he's caught and hanged. But I mean, would he, he doesn't breathe. How can he die? Would, would, would it just, I mean, isn't he hanged anyway? Like he's a puppet (laughs) hanging by strings. Maybe that's what they mean. They, they just literally they just hung him up. Hung him up somewhere. They shelved him. Maybe he has to become a real boy first. I'm a real boy. Yeah, maybe so. He'll never be a real boy. He's gonna be a real tree. A real tree. Um Yeah, so I guess in the original version he doesn't turn into a boy, I'm assuming. Doesn't sound like it. Just I mean, he was a dick, so maybe he didn't earn it. Oh shit. So there's pictures of uh <laughs> like illustrations of Pinocchio hanging from a tree. Oh, shit. Oh, father, dear father, if you were only here, these were his last words. He closed his eyes, opened his mouth, stretched out his legs, and hung there as if he were dead. <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> I love that line, though, as if he were dead. So, so Chucky. He's not dead. He's oh. just playing dead. <laughs> and he's really, it's a pretty horrible prison to be in. Like, you can't die. So you just have to hang there and do nothing. God. <laughs> About to get this, about to get this cricket. That original cricket looks more like a roach. That does look like a roach. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Come here, bitch. That, that's the problem. He thought it was a roach. Yeah, I can't blame him. The, uh, I know we said that was the last one, and I was trying to think of the the lessons kids would have learned. And I, I'm sitting here looking at some of the other stuff. I think the the learning lessons are a little clearer in in these, like uh, Chicken Little. You know, that was basically a don't cry wolf scenario, like don't lie, because you know. He Chicken Little says the sky's falling, sky's not falling. You know, nobody believes him. But in the original story, a fox pretends to believe him and become a friend just to lead him home and kill him. And then the Pied Piper has always been some one that I thought was interesting because you know we originally thought, oh, this guy comes along playing a flute, leads all the bad rats and rodents out of town. Everybody's happy. He goes on his way. Well, apparently originally... So don't trust guys that play flutes. Are they? Are that? And then apparently originally, yeah, the villagers that had the rats removed never paid him. So he comes back and he plays the flute, luring the children away just to take them down to the river and drown them. Oh my God. So, you know. Yeah, so pay for services rendered, you know? Yeah. And, you know, as an artist, please, please pay for those services. But I like this though, because like, you know... Modern Disney, they basically teach you that do good things and you'll have a good life. In old school, they're like, look, man, if you mess up, it's going to (laughs) suck. And truthfully, 
they probably had it a lot harder than people do now. So it's probably all true. Probably. If you lie a lot, you're eventually going to get eaten by a whale. (laughs) I tell you what, with with my wife working (laughs) in a public school system, positive reinforcement doesn't work. (laughs) No? Not working. (laughs) They need to go back to paddling is all I'm saying. Beat the children. I agree. I mean, so what is, what is the uh, positive reinforcement? I don't, oh, gosh. Don't. The positive right. reinforcement now or what we had? Because I just didn't want to get fucked up by my dad. <laughs> Here's the thing. Kids now, seriously, they can cuss out a teacher. Teacher was sent to the principal's office. Principal will make them sit in the office with her for a little while and be like, did you learn a lesson? They're like, yeah, I learned a lesson. Okay, here's a lollipop. Go back to class. Come on. That's... That's how kids are disciplined now. Did y'all not sign letters for it, corporal punishment, or do they not do that in Texas? They don't. We don't do that at our school. I don't even know if they do that anywhere anymore. No, we signed a letter. They can paddle our kids. I'm surprised they allow that. Old school, middle Georgia. Yeah, I'm surprised y'all you don't have the nuns that come slap kids across the face with a ruler. Yeah, depends on the school. On the school. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that would have to be more Catholic. Over here, everybody's. It's, there you got a lot of Baptists and everything else. No nuns. Oh, true. That's true. I feel like I cut you off though, Jeremy. I didn't mean to. The, uh, I mean, the kid can go sit in the principal's office and he gets a lollipop. So yeah, nothing's learned from that. Oh, nothing at all. No, these, these kids are wild, man. Now it's considered, I forget what it's called, either like a title one school or something like that. And it basically means that the majority of the kids are at an economic disadvantage. So most of them are on some type of welfare system or food stamps. Um, so it's just kids like the parents at home don't necessarily involve themselves in the kids' school life as much as they could. They don't discipline them as much as they should. So a lot of the kids just have no respect for authority whatsoever. They just do what they yeah. want, say what they want. If the school goes through a day without a fist fight from fourth graders, then it's been a good day. You know, Jesus. I do not envy the people that work in the education system. No, they. Yeah, I couldn't they, do it. They are blessings for real. I don't know. I still. I wanted to be a teacher, but this teachers don't get paid enough money. So I never went into that field. Yeah, it's, it's it's a shame, honestly. I just feel like there's a lot of potentially great teachers that aren't entering that field of work just because they don't get the resources they need. They don't get the help or they need. They're not paid well. They're not respected in any kind of way. No. You know, it's, it just sucks. So any teachers out there listening, we do care about y'all. Sorry the government doesn't. <laughs> For real though. I mean, I can understand why nobody would want to be, I mean, a teacher, like you said, if uh, if a teacher has to worry about a fist fight from fourth graders, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure when you, get, when you get into worse places, I mean, then you got the kids that are bringing in guns or knives. So, I mean, yeah, I can understand why nobody wants to be a teacher. Oh yeah, I get it. It just, it's unfortunate. Yeah. You know, in the beginning we were talking about some stuff that I thought we were almost going to turn into a different episode. And, uh, while I, I don't want to backtrack too far, but think just throwing it out there, crows remember people for, I think it's up to five years, which I always thought was a very cool thing. Crows are yeah, crow, smart. Crows and ravens are really smart. Yeah. The, uh, we actually, when we were up in Alaska, the, I think those are probably ravens and not a crow, cause, but they're huge. I mean, like, think of it like a barn owl. Like, I don't know what. Probably a raven. Yeah. I mean, they're they're roughly. Do they sound weird? You never really heard them. Was it like a regular call call? I never really. Or was it kind of more of a, uh, like a grunt? Because mm. I'm pretty sure we had ravens out in uh, New Mexico where, when we lived out there. Because they sounded weird. I can't I remember. Ravens have a different shape head, too. It's more of, I think, an elongated kind of head, whereas a crow, I believe, is like a shorter, rounder head with like a shorter beak on it, maybe. I know. Importantly, when when you saw a lot of them, was there a murder scene? Because <laughs> then it would be a crow. A murder of crows? Murder. What, do you call, what do you call a group of ravens? You know, I knew this at some point because I looked it up. Every time we would see one, we would, just, we would just say, look, the three-eyed raven. <laughs> but they are... Uh, oh, yes. They're called in unkindness. Unkindness. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> when it's talking about ravens? So you got... Yeah, is that what you're a saying? collection oh. of ravens. Like, is that a murder or an unkindness? It's neither one is good. Nice, but yeah, the changing from crows and ravens. The just to get this out there, the when you said animals are so much more connected to the earth. The one story that I always oh, yeah. thought was really cool was uh, 
Have you ever heard the story of buffaloes versus cows? So no. Basically, no. you know how animals can feel weather coming, feel the feel a storm, feel something, you know, about to happen. Cows yeah. so cows will panic and start to run away from the storm. And they run and run and run and the storm catches up. But a buffalo is brave and a buffalo will always he'll feel that storm and a buffalo turns towards what he feels and a buffalo will run towards the storm. So a buffalo will end up getting out of his storm before a cow ever gets out of the storm because the cow gets tired and the cow gets stuck in the storm for a lot longer. That's neat. Buffaloes want to fight storms. Yeah. (laughs) I just always kind of thought that was cool. Different reactions from different When they get out, do they turn around and run back toward it? To chase them away? Stay out. Yeah, get the hell out of here. (laughs) Get out of my field. (laughs) No, right there. It does make a lot of sense, though. If you run toward the storm, run through it, and run past it, you'll get out of the storm a lot quicker. It's true. Maybe Louisiana should be, like, chopped off of the, uh, the, the main part of the land, and we just shift south when a hurricane comes, and it won't last as long. Yeah, good idea. And then, and then we can park ourselves back once the storm passes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll just get a bunch of trolling motors hooked up to the bank line. You know, these coon asses out here got enough troll motors to do it. Yeah, there's a, you know, we'll figure it out. I had that one trolling motor on a P-Rogue. I remember yeah. that. Didn't you like roll it over or something or no? Yeah, I flipped Maybe it trying to. That. No, I did. I was trying <laughs> to learn how to drive it and I flipped it over and we never did find a battery. <laughs> I think we've winded down about as much as we're going to unwind here. Yeah, I think so too. I hope when this gets all stitched together that this episode makes sense. I just feel bad that we didn't know some of the original stories. No, we're not stitching anything. It's just going to be a long, incoherent mess. Mm. (laughs) No, it'll be fine. I always think an episode's shitty. And then when Brady's listening, she's like, it was awesome. And I'm like, okay. Well, oddly enough, it's all the ones where I don't talk that Brandy loves. I don't know. It's weird. Well, if uh, you enjoyed this episode, thank you for listening. And if you want to help out and support the podcast, you can share it with your friends. Follow us on social media, leave a rating and review, and then head over to strangewoodspodcast.com and you can see some of the things we've mentioned in the show. If you have a story or experience you want to share, we need them. Send it to us at uh, strangewoodspodcast at gmail.com. You can type it. We'll read it, or if you want to tell it yourself, send us an audio or video file, and we'll play it. Yeah, and and if we run out of source material from y'all, then the beginning of every episode, I'll just read a chapter from Great Expectations. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, Well, get ready to either send us your stories, or you're going to find out about the lovely Miss Havisham. You're going to learn about Pirip. Pirip. Tell you what. I never read it. You didn't have to? Oh, no, I was supposed to. (laughs) I never read it. Here's the thing. The only book I actually read the whole thing in high school was The Old Man and the Sea. I didn't read a single other book from start to finish. Sparknotes.com got me through high school. Yeah, definitely a majority. I can't say it was the only book I read, but that was one of them that I read all the way through. It was also one of the shorter books. (laughs) The only book I think I finished was The Outsiders. And I think that was in, what, eighth or ninth grade? Yeah, I didn't have to read that one. Nope, me neither. I didn't read Gatsby or any of these other ones. How did you read Outsiders? You went to the same schools that me and Peter went to. (laughs) Maybe they just handed me a book that they thought I'd finish. (laughs) Here, read this one. Okay. Anyway, we have uh, t-shirts and stickers on our website if you want them. You'll be the cool kid in class. Yeah, and to the people that have already bought these things, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, y'all are awesome. And now everyone out in the wild will know it because you're sweet gear. Hell yeah. Represent. Hey, out of curiosity, since I know we can only, right now we only know how to track our Spotify listeners. uh, If you want, go over to our Facebook page. Let us know what platforms you're listening on. And if we can find your reviews or find reviews from those outlets, Maybe we can read some of the... We'll read any good reviews anyway and shout out whoever's leaving. No, I'm going to read the bad ones. Well, you do that <laughs> and I'll do the others. All of them. I'll read, I'll read only bad ones about Are myself. You can also, check out our TikTok. We have a TikTok. We have a TikTok? Post, yeah, we have a TikTok. That's where we get a majority of our views. Really? <laughs> yeah. Brady's been posting a bunch of stuff on there. Apparently, I should download TikTok. Yeah, you should. If you do, um, send me your name. 
so I can send you randomness. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, and once we get the uh, mini episodes going, we'll probably start posting those as TikTok videos. All right. Thank you all for listening. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye, guys. Okay, bye.